Hello and welcome once again to the How Long To Beat podcast. Uh, I'm Rick. I'm very, very hot and I'm coming to you with my colleagues. Uh, warm, not, <laughs> no, it's like 30 degrees in the UK and I can't deal with it. I am joined <laughs> by Alex. Oh, hello. <laughs> and Paula. Hello there. It's like oh, not warm so many here for of sweat on my forehead. Like two but days ago, it was like 35 degrees, but we just got hit by like a big storm came through. So it just broke the heat, which is nice. <laughs> uh, when do you reckon that's headed our way? Please, <laughs> soon, I hope. Oh, man. Think, so yeah, we've got... Uh, fingers crossed. We've got lots of completions and retirements and currently playing to go through with you. Um, we have a topic, but it's kind of Paola telling us about Age of Empires 4. Um, we'll come to that when we get to that. And then once we finish with that, we will round out the episode with everybody's favorite podcast-based game show with a brand new format. Just Hopefully you it. like it. No, you're just not going to say it. <laughs> How long to beat the game? Three, two, one. How, How long, long to, to beat, beat, How long to beat the, the, game. Game. the game? Even that you didn't trust. Even that you did not trust. I've lost all trust. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a broken oh, man. man. <laughs> <laughs> Shall I kick off our completions? Yeah, I have a big well. one. You got a lot. So yeah, might well. I, I certainly do. Now, I just want to get the time right. So whoever's edit this week, it is. We may well trim this bit out. Hang on. Um, it's Paula this week. Sorry, Paula. Or leave this in. This is like super engaging content. How the sausage um, gets made. Riveting. <laughs> well, exactly, exactly. So, um, at around 2 a.m. UK time, on the 29th of July, 2022, uh, I finally beat The Witcher. Oh, praise all that is holy. Hold your applause. I know. Hold your well applause. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, you're been... going to have to start... Sorry, go on. Now you're going to have to start playing The Witcher 2 so we can still joke about, hey, Rick, <laughs> when are you playing The Witcher now? <laughs> Starts majorly sweating. <laughs> for a while, yeah. I, I, do, I do have like a, a Geralt-shaped void in my life, but for now... Witcher 2 is very good as well. Like I, I like that one just as much as The Witcher 3. I've heard it's very much like a proto 3. Like 3 just builds on the massive changes they made for 2. Um... Yeah, so I, I mean, for people who've not necessarily been keeping up, which I don't blame you, I started this game in November of last year. I, really, I first played this game about a year before that one. My friend sat me down and was like, I'm not leaving until you start the game. He's been pestering me to play The Witcher 3 forever. Um, so I've, I've been actively playing this game for like eight months or so. And by actively, I mean I've been sort of dipping in and out. <laughs> the problem that I personally have had with this game is just the age of the thing. So yeah. It's good, but there's a lot that you need to pick up and reorientate to before you can crack on with the game. So I would find I'd dip in for 10 minutes here and there, but I'd only really make progress when I could sit down for three or four hours and really sink my teeth into it. And, and that was the case with the completion. I'd gotten to like chapter, end of chapter two, start of chapter three, I think it was. And I happened to have a few days off in succession. And it happened to be that, that my girlfriend wasn't around, so I had the place to myself. I didn't have a lot to do in that window of time. Mm. So I, I pretty much bum-rushed the second half of The Witcher. I think I, I played in the region of sort of 15, 20 hours over those two days through into the morning of the third day, which was the 29th. 
Um, and that's when I beat it. And I think as soon as the credits rolled, uh, I messaged you guys and said, I did it. I finally fucking did it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, finally. I had a great time. I don't know if I would recommend it per se. Mm. The story is really good. The, the story absolutely came through. Like there's a, a low key twist at the back end that genuinely threw me a loop. I was like, fair play. Um, hmm. the, to get, and that's the strongest part of the game. The writing absolutely holds up. I, the gameplay kind of doesn't. Like it, it's not that it's not engaging or fun, but as I say, there's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot that is poorly explained or superfluous um, or far more trouble than it's worth to engage with. And even ignoring a lot of those systems um, with about half an hour of grinding in the Swamplands in Chapter 3, um, my magic was broken to the point that I was just spamming Igni and getting through most late game fights, including the, the final couple of boss encounters. So that was kind of enjoyable from sort of a Metroidvania, you're way too powerful kind of thing. Like, it's not that I didn't have a good time with it. Um, and I apologize for the ice cream van that went. Oh, that's what the ice cream van. Okay. I'm I was assuming that's what you are about that thing. Yeah, I, I hear this like tinkle, tinkle, tinkle. And I was like, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm amazed that there's a still ice cream trucks and stuff around <laughs> the, the temperature is here they're out in full force i remember last Damn year right. they uh they had the james bond theme going so it's like ding 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 a bit like in an ice cream tinkle <laughs> so that was a whole thing um but yeah so the, the whole difficulty side of thing from a you're super overpowered and it's like a, a power trip thing at the end of the game that aspect of it was quite fun mm. um but it, it didn't really feel in fitting with the way that the story was building again I, I, I a lot of different ways of saying i had a great time i think i would probably recommend watching a let's play over actually doing it yourself um mm. i i think if you really want that story grounding going into the witch 2 and the impression i get is you don't necessarily need it i don't know that i can hand on heart say that actually playing the first game is the right way to get that grounding that said, I really, really enjoyed it, and I'm glad I stuck it out. And yeah, sometime in the next twelve months, maybe I'll, I'll pluck up the courage to start The Witcher too. I mean, all the um, Witcher games, honestly, and, and, and even the books themselves, in some ways, they don't they don't follow that intensely. Now, like the 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 books, like Wonder, whatever, they are obviously chronological, but like there's so many short stories, and like the games themselves feel, for the most part, like contained adventures that have the games are very separate as i understand yeah, yeah because the games aren't even part of the chronology of the books right like they're set they're like technically after the books um they kind of break canon in the sense that they bring well, they do. back they very and they make much them amnesiac so that they can kind of do whatever the hell they want yeah which is great um but also makes it so that you can kind of play whatever you, whichever one you want and like honestly there's so much intrigue and stuff that like as someone who's played all of them each time I played one of the games, I had forgotten fucking everything. I was like, wait, who's that guy? And then they'll just kind of explain it. And I'm like, oh, great. That sounds good. You know, which is, I actually think is a strength of them. It can be a weakness in some ways because it's like, oh, it'd be nice if these tied in together a little more. But at the same time, you don't always want to have to like break out your encyclopedia to figure out what the hell's going on. Yeah. Well, it cuts both ways. Like the, the strength of a game trilogy like Mass Effect is that it is so neatly and extremely tied between the two but like you say it is also a potential drawback if it requires more of the player going into subsequent games um one thing that did make me laugh there's a a a big sort of choice between two side characters 
in, I want to say, chapter three. And um, when I was looking at the quest line, because I had to check something about it, it was like, yeah, you can side with Shani, but like she never appears again in the series. So you might want to just side with the other character because she does. So <laughs> that was a whole thing. Um, and that that's maybe maybe a weakness of it when they come to number two. Anyway, um, that was The Witcher. I'm happy I finished it, but also very, very happy it's over. Um, I have quite a few more completions actually this week, mostly Switch-based. One that wasn't on Switch before we move through. Uh, I did finish Secret of Mana. Um, the last half hour didn't change the opinion that I shared uh, last time we talked about it. it it's not Here a bad game, SP, but it is man. a fundamental... <laughs> <laughs> Again and again. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna like do your street or something. Sorry, I just had to. Like it was only fleeting, but it's amazing. <laughs> I, I can hear it. I'm trying to work out what tune it is they're doing. It's a bit late for ice cream as well. It is twenty past nine in the UK. That is a bit late, isn't it? Well, whatever. Who knows? It's also still very, very warm. So and I it's don't the know. Summer, someone... right? <laughs> Maybe people are high as balls and they want to munch on ice cream. I don't know. Absolutely. <laughs> anyway, sorry, continue, Rick. Secret of mana. <laughs> yeah, that, that's fine it's uh it, it's not a bad game it's just a fundamentally flawed game in almost every respect can't recommend it unless you're desperate to experience every mana game probably the only reason i stuck with it that and like it's quite an easy game just to veg out to a podcast playing um mm. yeah that's that <laughs> table tower on switch i had a much more positive impression of Great game. um the ending's a little bit abrupt mm-hmm I think that's probably my only criticism of it. That and it, maybe the structure of it is a little bit linear, which normally not so yeah. much of a problem for me. But the way the game is set up, certainly in the first two thirds, three quarters of the game, uh, you have a character in each room of the tower that you have to interrogate. You ask a few base questions about who they are, um, what their relationship was to the, the murder victim, a couple of other things. Um, and then you can ask them to, Adventure Game Star, comment on any of the other characters you've met and also any of the items that you've acquired up to that point. Um, but it very quickly gets to, to a point where it's sort of nudging you to just ask every character about everything until it prompts you to say you've got enough info to to do one of the interrogation -y bits. Not necessarily a problem, but it... I suppose it was a little bit jarring for me because the first half of that portion, I actually found I was quite seamlessly moving through and asking the right questions on my own to do it. But then the hint system was like, oh, you should go and talk to such and such. And like bounces you back Hello? and forth until you've like pulled all of the things from all of the people. Um, so it it kind of very obviously shows you the gamey structure of it. That said, the story itself is really good. Um, the way they sort of Agatha Christie murder mystery style pull everything together um, and, and solve this like lock, closed room puzzle, in essence, uh, that is the murder at the core of the story. And the way that they then tie that into a much larger um, overall narrative I really, really liked. And uh, albeit the ending was abrupt, I did feel it was appropriate. And I like the the way that it maybe, without giving anything away, kind of departed a little bit from um, sort of convention and, and tropes in that kind of genre. Um, not in a forced way, but it felt like it was fresh in the way that it approached it. Um, 
it's great. It's a nice four or five hour run through. Um, Switch is not necessarily the best way to play it, in my opinion, just because it, it it's best suited to touch controls. And when you're doing exclusively touch things on a Switch, you're kind of reaching around the controller parts. It's not massively a problem, but if you have access to Apple Arcade or I assume it's got a PC port, um, I think those yeah. are a better way to play it, personally. Um, still really, really good, even on Switch, which is where I played it. Um, fun, great little game. Anything? I know you played this one as well, Alex. Anything you disagree with there, want to pull back on? Or No, I think you're right. I mean, yeah, it is quite abrupt. Like That's why I remember when I finished it, I was like, one more. <laughs> um, mm. that's, that's, that's truly my one big complaint with it. It's just like, I would like more, please. Uh, because I think that's when I... I talked to you a little bit about it. I was like oh I realize now just how intense these attorney games are because it's like this is a smaller studio and to even just make this kind of like four hour-ish thing takes a lot of time <laughs> to like create this compelling investigation type uh, game so made me think of these longer investigation games that are like you know 40 hours or so and I'm like oh, holy shit how do they do that <laughs> the amount of moving parts for sure um, I think they are working on another detective Grimoire game though, so I think so. Yeah, more is coming, which is good. Um, there is not more coming of a life forever, which is the the nostalgia trip iOS sort of twin stick shooter <laughs> that I was playing. The difficulty curve for that is like an ECG thing; it's so up and down. Um, I, even if I wanted to recommend it, it's not really available anymore. Um, <laughs> it's fun for what it was. I. It was very much a completion for me. It, it There's not really a lot to say beyond that. It was a, a visit back into my childhood. And I suppose there was a certain degree of melancholy to that because it's like, wow, this game was kind of shit. Like, the, the, it, it's from an age, and I think I talked about this last time, it's from an age of touchscreen controls when the stick was static and not floating. So a lot of the times you'll drag your thumb to move or to shoot and it will come off the stick and then your character just stops. And when you're running away from a horde of zombies or trying to kite them um, or, you know, trying to do specific things under intense, like mechanical and time pressure, uh, it's not the one. It's not not ideal at all. Um, but, the you know, the underlying game itself was, if a bit by the numbers, really good for what it was. Um, oh, and it was a nice one to go back to. I have so much nostalgia for those old, for good, like I think of Osmos and like all of those, like... Um, yeah, you hit a little thing for I've never played it, but it, it's one of the ones that's still installed. I probably will get to Right? Them. Oh, it was great. But, like, it's just this era of, like, because I remember I won. One of the only things I ever won in my life, I won an iPad. And I don't remember even how. It was, like, through something. It was the first gen ones. And I remember downloading all of these touch games, Plants vs. Zombie, and all that shit. And, my God, man, that was a good time. <laughs> mm. And it's a lost time because loads of those games just straight up aren't successful. Oh, yeah, they're just, they're gone. Which... I mean, we didn't lose a lot of gems, <laughs> put it that way, but it sucks to lose them, you know? I, I think we lost a lot of experimentation. I think that's the most yes. important thing. I know this is a bit of a tangent, but I, it's not necessarily about what you succeed at, but it's about what problems you solve. And I think particularly in the touch space, there's lots of problems that were solved there that future developers can't revisit and identify because that it's just not available anymore. It's gone. Um, I think the biggest single culprit was like with iOS, they removed the 32-bit libraries and they had no way of porting things forward. Um, no sort of legacy mode. Those libraries just straight up 
don't exist in the neuro OS. So those apps just straight up don't run anymore. Um, mm. There's, I think I remember talking about it a few months ago. There's a Mirror's Edge side scroller that was fucking phenomenal. Gone now. I, I happen to have an iPod that still has it installed. When that iPod bites the dust, that game's gone forever. Yeah. It, for the money, it's arguably the best Mirror's Edge game, as much as I love the main games. Gone. Anyway, um, Broforce. I replayed this on Switch. It's still amazing. Uh, it's <laughs> the, I think it's the first time I played it solo, which is a very different vibe, but had a lot of fun. Blasted through it quite easily, quite quickly. But that, that's just a function of, of um, how many times I've played this game. I remember putting in the time and looking at like the HRTV average and thinking, hang on, that's not right at all. But then I remembered, hang on, you played this six times before, dummy, of course you've finished it quicker. Like, <laughs> yeah. that, that's how that goes. Um, great game. If you've not already played it, cannot recommend it highly enough. Doubly so if you have like a friend to play it with. It's so much fun in co-op. Um, and then finally, this was a bit of a left field pick for me. Uh, it's a game that was on sale for like £1.50 on the eShop, so I picked it up and gave it a try. Uh, it's called Lo-Fi Ping Pong. Hmm. And it's like a really short, really minimalistic rhythm game where you play ping pong to the beat of lo-fi music. And they try and mix it up by having the ball like change direction mid-flight sometimes and uh, covering some of your view sometimes. But at its core... Um, you are for a period of time that is the song length playing on a three lane music thing. And it's just on the, it's just on the drum beat and it's that one that you're hitting every time. So there's not really a lot of complexity to it. The tracks are really, really nice. You can box this game off in like half an hour. Um, I think for the price, it's fun. It's not really breaking lots of new ground and there isn't really much mileage in the format, but the way they've set it up, it doesn't really need to be. And there are a couple of tracks that I really genuinely adored that I've then gone and found afterwards. Um, even if people don't play the game, um, there's a song called Peace by Satoru. It's like um, Satoru Iwata, but with two U's at the end. Hmm. Wonderful. Really, really good. Um, do I recommend the game? Probably not. Like, even, even at two pounds, like, it's pretty thin. And one of the midsection levels was just gross. But the, the the overall package is quite nice. Like it's it's an interesting diversion, and um, I I opened it up between campaigns on um, a game that I'm currently playing that we'll talk about later, Live Alive, and it was a real nice palate cleanser after like three hours of very intense hmm. story heavy RPGing, just to like have some lo-fi beats and, and press buttons for twenty thirty minutes. So you know if if that's the kind of palate cleanser you need in your life, this is absolutely the game for that. Nice. I think that's the best note I can possibly leave that on. And that's that's all my completions. Um, Paolo's been playing lots, but not completing lots. So, Alex, mm-hmm. tell us about your completions this week. It's me. Yeah, so I uh, I started diving into the... Like, I was on vacation, right? Like, I, I went out east to visit my family, and I brought hmm. the Switch with me. So, I was doing a lot of Switch gaming while I was uh, out there. And the thing is, though, I was watching also a lot of Better Call Saul. And so I was really looking for games where I was just like, my Switch has honestly become that thing that I do while watching TV, <laughs> which is so bad, I'm sure, because <laughs> not probably fully paying attention to the TV, but, you know, for the most part. Um, and so I started playing Pokemon Puzzle League. And uh, 
it was really fun. And I, I beat the whole thing. So you have to like to beat it. You basically start on because they've got these campaigns, right? So you start on easy mm-hmm. and like really you could do all of them. But I started on easy and I got through it and I was like, oh, wasn't that bad. And then I tried normal and I was like, oh, this isn't that bad either. And then when you play normal, there's like more opponents in the campaign um then in the easy one you're like interesting there's like a whole other segment and they they do it as if it's like you know going through the gyms and the elite four and then it's like now you should try hard and i'm like okay uh and i guess i think the on-ramp was really good because i found that i like i was doing fine against them uh until the last guy freaking you the final one that you fight suddenly they were just like and now we're just gonna fuck it right up there (laughs) you know i still beat it but it was just like you could tell that i'm like all right so you clearly like this one is like just tweaked to the max a little bit and i'm obviously i'm not i'm not particularly good at pokemon puzzle it's like tetris attack by the way for those who kind of aren't really familiar with it you have colored blocks and um you swap the blocks around to create um like rows of matching you know like like three to like six or seven you can get really high and the idea is that you're kind of trying to set them up so that when you switch the two blocks around you create chains which i can't do for the life of me i've seen people who play this and they can set up some crazy fucking chains can't do it um and by doing that you like send over um blocks and shit to the uh to your opponent and they have to you know do matches and stuff it's really fun um and it's a competitive match three in essence uh not really because it has the Tetris elements to it um, because match three is just like you have a box full, right? But in this one, you have blocks that are falling down and you can move any of the blocks and if it hits the top, right. you die. Yeah. So think of match but it three. It's in the Tetris tunnel, tunnel, but it's not like the Tetris shapes. It's just like individual blocks. Exactly. Of different colors. Individual blocks of different okay. colors. Yep. And you can move all the blocks in like, you can swap them in, in, you can swap two blocks basically. That's how you do it uh, horizontally. Mm. Um, yeah, so I I really dug it. Uh, it's like the Pokemon veneer is entirely cosmetic. Like <laughs> you like choose a Pokemon, which I still can't figure out if it has any impact on the game whatsoever <laughs> because you're playing as Ash. And frankly, I think this is just a case of like probably Nintendo or the Pokemon company, like Tetris Attack was created and they're just like, all right, well, Tetris is a big name, but how can we sell more of this? And they're like, well, let's throw Pokemon on it. And that was a good idea because it's pretty charming. <laughs> and they have like the animated, uh, um, oh my God, what am I trying to say? Uh, the like Pokemon anime, they did like a little animated segment with Ash and like some of these other characters in it. So it's, it's cute. Um, I will say the N64 looks horrible. <laughs> like it's, it is so bad looking. The text is horrible horrifying looking and i'm certain that's because on crts it was probably like fuzzier and like probably looked nicer on those tvs but oh my god i don't know if it's the emulation or something but on my switch Lite, man every menu looks gross like it's just so (laughs) gross looking like i'm like oh no (laughs) um and yeah i i think this is a console that has not aged particularly well you know like that and, and the PS1, they've just, they've aged really, really poorly. Um, Early polygons are a dicey one. Yeah. And like also, cause like, it, I, I would sort of kind of like compare it with the NES a little bit, like early NES in some ways too, where like, there's some impressive stuff that the NES does, but let's be honest. You look at it sometimes and you're like, 
uh what or even like atari right where mm-hmm. you're like what the fuck like atari might i think be a better atari is the bad one yeah because yeah. you look at atari now and you're just like the shit is going on on the screen <laughs> you know and and to what be you're fair, on about this is a best. racing track you know i know right, right? you're like uh. <laughs> <laughs> um or even commodore 64 like any of the earlier like virtually one bit <laughs> consoles um anyway so i played that i really enjoyed it uh, I also played this game, Pixel Colors. So I bought a bunch of um, uh, puzzle games that they were on sale. And you remember that? I played this a while ago. It was like Pixel Adventure or something, I think. It's like that um, like Picross game where you actually go and you're like in an overworld and you go and find all the puzzles. And when you solve it, it like recreates them in the world. I think I remember you mentioning yeah. it. I couldn't tell you anything about the game, but I remember you mentioning it. Well, that developer has made a bunch of games with the characters that they have. And uh, they had a like a whole fucking Picross color game, and it's really fucking good. And I was like, oh, that's my favorite kind. But what's really neat about this one, and it's different than like Picross's color game, is that the way this one works is that in each row, um, it'll tell you how many colors are in that row, but it doesn't indicate like where they are next to each other unless they're like fully solid if they're solid it means these two are next to each other otherwise there's just a green one somewhere in here um and so it's a different kind of of like game and it's really fun i will admit the art is it's pretty rough like the puzzles that you're creating like picross colors you could tell that like they just they make less of them so i think that they could be more impressive but this one has a lot of puzzles in it which i have to say like kudos to the developer on this because like there are so many puzzles i think there's like like i don't know probably 300 or so like maybe probably more than that of puzzles in here so i can't be too hard on them for that you know um but really fun really enjoying it uh, and i highly recommend it and i also think he he makes these like really cute like renderings of the characters that he has that are like these kind of like plasticky 3d looking that i don't I, it's hard for me to describe them but they look really satisfying like it's just like real quality and i would say now having played this pixel and, and it's pixel like p-i-c-z-l-e um having played like now two of the games for this developer they're the ones that i would say are the most interesting compared to jupiter in their cross games where i feel like the ui like everything in it is really nice and it has full touchscreen support and the touchscreen support is really nice because you just have all your paint cans on like the right hand side and so you can just tap the paint can and then you can just drag your finger along and they have a great thing because at first i was like i don't understand why you have this option where it says like you can't paint over a tile. You have to just hit a paint bucket to like erase. Um, you can disable that if you want. But then I realized it was like, oh, it's because if you're using your finger, you can literally just pull across and drag over any line and just like go to town without having to worry about like messing up all the others. And it's really, really nice. So uh, it, it, basically everything that I like, I always complain about Picross clones, these puzzle clones, because usually what I find is that they make the puzzles, but their UI is shit. And the UI is what's really important in these games, right? And in this one, I'm like, no, this is a case of the UI being like crisp and just everything that I would want to do, the game has already thought of and like done it. So I really recommend it. And it was on sale too. Like I was like, I got it for like $3, I think. Um, And the amount of fun I've had gotten out of it, I'm like, that was well worth my three bucks. (laughs) Mm. Um, And the last one I played was Unmemory. This was in a uh, bundle that I got. 
bought too many bundles. I'm going to be real with you. I have so many PC games right now. It's bad. <laughs> and I would tell myself, I'm like, oh, I've got more than enough. To, I never need to buy more games, but there's always more games. <laughs> and you never know what kind of mood you're going to be in, you know? Now it's great. I got Game Pass, all these things. And I'm just like, I want to play this kind of game. And I'm like, well, I've got every kind of that. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> that's, the, that's the way of the backlog. It really is. Um, but I played this one called Unmemory, which is kind of neat. They're like, uh, log line is like um, a game you a game you read, or was it? It's a, a game you can, you can read, play. a book you can play. Yeah, there you go. I'm looking at the website now. It actually looks sick. It's really cool. Um, the story's kind of, I don't know. It's it's a little memento-y, uh, which it's fine. It's just like. It, like and don't worry like not to spoil anything it's like literally like that's the conceit it's like it's like it's like the movie memento um and you figure that out the minute you start playing so don't worry everyone <laughs> um it's not like yeah don't worry it's not a spoiler that's <laughs> why it's called on memory um and it's fine um not very satisfying in the end but i think the the concept of the game is really cool and it's really fun to play. Mm. I think it was originally an iOS game. I think it might be better as an iOS game because there were a few control moments that kind of got weird for me. And I realized that like I was trying to scroll down, but you actually have to kind of like have your cursor hovering over the text to scroll instead of just being able to scroll anywhere. Um, so if you have a chance to play this, I might recommend just doing it on iOS because I think that's kind of how it was meant to be played. It worked perfectly fine, but I, I do think it was meant to be played that way. Um, looks like it's iOS first. It's on Android as well for anyone who's interested. I'm looking yeah. as we speak. Oh, sorry. Yeah, when I say iOS, I mean Android as well. But thank you. <laughs> uh, I'm the Android <laughs> guy anyway. But uh, yeah, but again, it's probably more expensive there because um, I basically like got quid. it. Yeah, I basically got it for like a couple cents. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, which why I can really recommend it. It's not super long Come either. You play it in a couple hours. Um, there is this like outside of the game aspect to it. That's a bit of a secret um, that is quite underwhelming, but, and I, it also worries me because I'm like, if you put something, it's neat. Don't get me wrong that you have this thing that you can do. That's kind of a secret, but someday that's not going to work. And you know what I mean? That's why I'm a little bit like, I just kind of wish games would just stay in there, stay together in the thing, you know? Um, and then I figured out the secret. And once I did, uh, it was not satisfying. <laughs> so anyway, this was a kickstarted game, I think. I love the concept. I, I feel like I'm being a little harsher on it than I, than I need to be. But like, I would recommend, um, I don't know. I, I, would, I would recommend like, um, all right, what am I trying to say? I would like to see more games try this kind of format. I think it's a neat format for a narrative game. Oh my God, that's it. Okay. <laughs> You had an unmemory moment. You couldn't think what you were trying to say. Yeah, man, it's been a few weeks since we've recorded an episode. My brain's all fucked. Yeah, she has. Yeah. <laughs> we went on summer vacation. Uh, the Northern Hemisphere uh, boys went on uh, summer vacation. Poor Paolo's still in, in winter hell. <laughs> Trust me, I've got another vacation in a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Another holidays, we call it here. The holidays, yeah. Vacation. What we say vacation? <laughs> Uh, sorry, what did you say, Paolo? You mentioned something there. I think we missed it. Oh, I said, well, you two guys were just having fun on, mm-hmm. with with your summertime. I, I've been just moving because I had to move from my older place to a newer place. And it has been hell. Yeah, we've been having fun. We've all been, been going places. 
Yours has just been a bit more permanent. Oh, God. And a bit I, less fun. That was pretty good, actually, yeah. involving going places. I, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, why don't we jump right in, then, to our retirements? Rick, why don't, why don't you regale us again? Yeah, I've got, like, one and a half retirements. So the first one is Game Pass doing me dirty again. So, <laughs> wow. I say you Game Pass. Actually, Alex, you slightly, you slightly did me dirty here because you assured me it's the 15th of every month. That's well, usually uh, when Dodge, they leave. And the last of the month. <laughs> here come the caveats. Dodgeball Academia said leaving soon. I was like, ah, oh, cool. I've got until the 15th of next month to do it. Anyway, I come to it on the 2nd, and uh, it's already gone. So, Ta-da. yeah. Oh, well, that I, was because it was at the it, end of the month, right? <laughs> give over. I, I didn't really start this game to retire. I just wanted yeah. an excuse to be angry about to it. To be angry about um, it. <laughs> but my actual retirement... Um, was Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. Oh, and sad. I expected to like this game. I I just think the parry system's kind of shite, and I didn't want to fight through it. Like, I've got no attachment to Metal Gear as a franchise. Um, I liked Peace Walker. I liked 3 as their own individual things. But I don't really give a fuck about Raiden. I like Platinum Games, but I'm not willing to fight through that parry thing. I have to say, the, the whole real-time blade slashing mechanic... Very cool. Mm. Did like that a lot. Did really enjoy running up the blade of the Peace Walk, of the Metal Gear rather, and just slicing it to bits. And yeah, there's a fun game in there, but I just wasn't willing to try and find it. Like, not, not a priority game for me, not time I have to spend. Um, maybe I'll come back to it one day. Probably not, but, you know, right. is what it is. Um, it is a game yeah, that you and, have and, to, like... I feel like you have to get over that like parry system, and once you do, it's quite fun. But that is a big stumbling block. Yeah, and particularly like once you get to the is it chapter one or chapter two? Once you like, Two's once you wolf. fully become Raiden for yeah. trying to avoid spoilers. There, there's like a couple of early bosses in that that until and unless you can make the parry system work for you, absolutely hand it to you. Yeah, and. That was the point where I was just like, nah, fuck this. I, it's not. Did you get up to like the cyber wolf character? I think it's cyber wolf. I can't remember what it's called. Like the wolf. The, the dog that jumps about. That's yeah, the yeah, one yeah. that breaks people, I think. It almost broke me. It broke me. Yeah. That's where I came off. Yeah. Yeah. If so, you get past yeah. that, you'll sail through the rest of the game. But that's the part where it's like, it really is like, do you know how to parry? Because if you don't know how to parry, you're fucked, bud. Like, and that's, yeah. that's the And this is the thing. Say. Like, everything hits so hard. Like, you are a glass cannon, and I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing, but in conjunction with a really tricky parry system, it can be a bad thing. And it sounds like Cyberwolf is the culmination of the badness of that. Yeah, see, this is also, though, where the game... I I do think there's a bit of a fault with the game where it's not teaching this enough, but, like, where you're a glass Mm. cannon, you're not really a glass cannon because as you get good, what you do is you start to slice through the enemies so that you can grab their like energy cores and that automatically fully replenishes you and your energy. So you start stringing off some mad fucking combos where like I was just like, eventually it was like, motherfuckers can't touch me now. Um, the final boss is kick, kick ass a fair bit, but you get through it um, and, and it's okay. But yeah, I, I would recommend like if, I don't know, if you're ever interested again, like I would try some of the VR missions and just get used to the parry system. Cause I actually think once the parry system works, it's actually quite fun because it, it's a camera based parry system, which is what threw me off for a while. Cause I was kind of doing it based on like, like I was trying to in- intuit like, Oh, they're coming this way. So I hit down like this. It's like, no, no, no. Where's your camera facing? 
that's the direction you go in um, based on where the enemy's coming at you. And it's a little weird in that sense. Um, I, I don't. I, I still think it's part of the fault of the game for not properly teaching you how to do this stuff because it does make people um, bump off, which is sort of disappointing because I do think it's actually very fun once you go through some of that. But it's also like you got to decide, you know, do I want to invest time in that or not? You know, there's a lot of games out there. <laughs> yeah, and, and ultimately I didn't. Speaking of a lot of games, God damn, Alex, have you retired a lot of games this time? Yeah, but uh, they're pretty fast. Um, I went to the N64, and a lot of N64 games are shit. <laughs> so I tried Mario <laughs> Golf. Doesn't explain anything. I literally couldn't figure out where to find the tutorial for how the game works. <laughs> I tried so hard. I even looked up. I was like, how does the game ever show you its systems and how it works? And I think it's just a resounding no. <laughs> like, Read the manual, dummy. Oh, wait. oh, actually, you know what? It could be <laughs> the manual. But actually, I might be able to read the manual because I think the games come with the manuals. Um, or oh, like a digital copy, like 3DS digital. style. Yeah, they might. But I don't know if they do, but they might. There might be some online. I don't know. Um, anyway. Yeah, so uh, fuck that. Uh, Mario Tennis, I just played for a little bit because it was fun. And it's Mario Tennis. It was fun. Um, but I'm not going to fucking play any more of it. I want to Come on. <laughs> But it's Donkey Kong and I won the, the cup. I'm done. It's Mario Tennis. Also, though, people, I think, are too hard on the new Mario Tennis and Golf games because, frankly, they've never been that good. They're tennis and fucking golf games. Like, chill out. You know? <laughs> like, Do you know what, though? The GBA Mario Tennis slaps. Yeah, and that's so that's good. a whole different thing, right? Like, because that was like this RPG 2D, like, it's a whole different type of game. Same with the golf one. I love both of those. It's Camelot. They're fucking excellent with those 2D shit. But it's fucking golf and tennis. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I just feel like I'm like, what do you, what do you expect from these games? <laughs> the one complaint that I do think is very valid with those though is like the fact that they seem to be launching without all the content now like they're just trying to push mm. them out so that they can then get to that i'm like yeah that's kind of bullshit um but anyway those twos are retired uh i started playing kirby 64 at the crystal shards and that was a big fucking nope um <laughs> like, good things about that one no thanks it's very slow no? but listen but here's the problem i bet you anything Playing this in 1998 or something, yeah. or 97 mm-hmm. was fucking yeah. dope. You know, look at Kirby yeah. move. Fucking 3D. He's Kirby. actually a bull now. Yeah. yeah. But the new Kirby game is so good that I could not play this. I was like, nah, I'd rather just go back and play this the, the new Kirby because that Kirby is like incredible. Um, it's just really slow. It's really, really slow. Um, mm. You feel like, like Kirby weighs like 30 tons um, as you're walking through it. You know what, actually, the best way to describe it is it, it feels like Kirby is moving underwater. Um, mm. And that's just not satisfying, right? When you've had tight control in Kirby, and it's it's still kind of 2D-ish, so I was like, I, I noped out of there really fast. <laughs> um, I also started playing... Okay, so there's a game called Threaded, which is... Um, it's, it's really gorgeous aesthetic. Like, it's this... Um, how do I describe it? They're not... They're not nonograms it's a different type of puzzle it's the kind of puzzle where you have a grid and there are numbers on it and the numbers represent how many squares have to be filled and they have oh, to connect oh to i do other. know the word for this do you yeah oh, I, I what called. I like them though and you have like try they bisect into triangles sometimes and so the numbers will read like get left and down sort of thing 
Yeah, well, like in this one, it's, it's, one, it's a square. It's a it's a it's a rectangular grid, and so they're uh, just squares. Okay. Yeah, um, and it's 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 mm. quite fun. I actually think the puzzles are really cool, and I think the aesthetic of it is really pretty. It's just um, very unwieldy. Like even if you're using like touch controls on it, it's like, whee! like it just feels like you're going like holy <laughs> shit! Like you're like I can't. Oh my god! Like and then if you try to use the other one, it's just too slow. So like it it just there's something wrong with it. Um, which is also weird because I feel like it might be primarily a Switch game. So I'm like, I don't know. It's like, because it, I can't imagine playing this on your PC or some shit. Who the fuck would, why would the fuck would you play this on your PC? This is like literally a game that you play watching or listening to a podcast or watching a TV show, you know? Like, you don't play this. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Anyway, it's a shame because it's really pretty because it, it all looks like it's like cross stitched, um, which I think is really gorgeous. So it creates a picture in the end and it's really nice. Um, I might come back to it eventually once I beat all the other ones that I got, but uh, not for a while. Um, Dr. Mario 64, I just noped out of that really fast. I don't really like Dr. Mario, and this one's not particularly fun. (laughs) It's got a story mode. It's cool. I don't like Dr. Mario. I don't know why. I don't like it. I've never liked it. I don't know why I thought I'd like it this time. <laughs> I mean, as we all know, Dr. Mario, they got the viruses and, you know, you're dropping pills and the colors and you have to match four. To I like Dr. Rhythm. Mario. It's fine. It's fun. It's. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's, it's fine. It's not going to revolutionize anyone's life, but it's yeah. fun. I like it. I think it's cool. It's fun against other people. I think that's kind of where I'd put it. Maybe. I like yeah. playing against others. I don't really like playing on its own. On its own, I'm kind of just like, eh, okay. So anyway, I noped out of that. Uh, last one that I played was a major major nostalgia kick for me um i don't even know why i think it's because um tmat posted his like playthrough of dark forces and then i was thinking about like back in the day when i had a macintosh and i mean like a macintosh you know the the beige ones um that could actually play video games uh and we had because like i don't know what it was like maybe like a work buddy of dad's or something i don't know somebody gave us like this gray booklet of cds right like and you know like those cd binders that you did back there yeah yeah and it had like now that I think back on it, incredible games in it. Like Civ Two, I think it was like World of Tanks or something. There was like Carmen San Diego, a bunch of Star Wars games, Dark Forces, all this shit, and uh, Rebel Assault Two was in there. And I remember playing, and I, <laughs> this game is so hard. I thought maybe I was just bad as a kid, right? And like maybe the game's actually not that hard. Popped it in because Uve had actually bless Uve's soul, he beat this game like recently i don't know how the fuck he did that it is so unbelievably difficult because it's like an fmv game um and it's very it's it's, it's actually quite it's quite still looks really good and i remember being really like blown away as a kid because i was like oh my god like it's star wars (laughs) and like all the like you know oh look it's a x-wing and all that shit um but you do these shooting segments where basically you press the right mouse button and you'll like duck out of cover and then you have to shoot the enemies but like straight up you duck out of cover and they immediately just ping you man like, yeah. it, there's like no way like you have to like honestly you have to basically have your like mouse and you can't really tell when you're undercover where your mouse is so you have to have it essentially directly where the enemy is then you hit the right mouse button and you just fucking fire and they go back under and get back and it's so tough because you don't like your health is just like a gradual buildup of damage and then you're dead and then you have to like restart like the whole segment it's brutal and i beat this game as a fucking kid and i don't know how the hell i did that and then the worst part is that the ship missions are way fucking worse because you have it's meant to be played with a joystick 
Like it really is. And I, so I was trying to get my uh, gamepad set up to use it because apparently it's a bit better with a gamepad. But for some reason, it just it would it refused to recognize my gamepad. Um, it was like no, DOSBox was like just like no, I'm not recognizing it, even though there are options for it. And it was like nope, I'm not doing it. So I was like maybe I get my arcade stick to work because I bet that would be really actually fun to play with it as. And it was like nope, hell no. Even though my arcade stick gets recognized as a 360 controller, which is something that says it can recognize. Anyway. Just nothing, nothing worked. Um, so I was like, fuck it, I'll try it with the mouse. And yeah, it's a nightmare with the mouse. <laughs> it's such a nightmare. It's so twitchy, but I'm actually fairly good with the mouse on it because that's how I used to play it. And um, when you have the mouse, it's literally like you move it like a millimeter and it feels like your ship goes, <laughs> just like just goes right down. You're like, oh my God. <laughs> and you have these super tight corridors that you try to fly through and it's it's insane. It's like, it's easily one of the worst games ever to play. Like, it's just not a good game. But I had so much nostalgia for it. So I went through and I used the passwords to, like, look through each of the missions again. Just to, like, even just to watch the clips and stuff. And, like, I, I had a really fun time with it. I, I cannot in any way, shape, or form at all recommend this to anybody. <laughs> it is not to be played Watching a playthrough of it though is, would be pretty fun because it's only like an hour or so. So like I would actually recommend watching a long play because I think it's really funny and it's like cheesy 90s acting. And so like it's actually a pretty good time to watch someone play through it. Um, but I don't recommend actually playing it yourself. Like go play Star Wars Squadrons or something. Like that game's incredible. Um, if you want like fun, you know, ship battles and shit and like battle, you know, there's a lot of good Star Wars games out there. This isn't one of them. <laughs> uh anyway that that's uh that's that's all the games i retired i retired a bunch but mostly just 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 testing the waters and realizing that i don't like the n64 i love mario party yeah (laughs) i won't be taking further questions and that is all yeah i still have to beat majora's mask though god damn i always start that i never beat it but i got the the play i oh oh but i got a physical of that by the way the majora's mask strategy guide um Someone sold me it for dirt cheap. I don't think they knew what they had, but I was happy to take it off their hands. <laughs> All right, let's get I mean, out of here. You always have the 3DS version if you don't want to play on N64. Yeah, but I got the the yeah. Narrell's... Um, all his HD textures and ah, it looks okay. super good on my PC. I'm telling Way better. you now. Yeah, okay. it's nice. Um, so I'm actually yeah. perfectly happy with playing it. Um, uh, playing it on there. Anyway... Enough of me. Paula, what have you been mm. doing? <laughs> well, speaking of the N64, funny. I have a funny story. Mm. Because um, I said previously that I had to move from my older place to a newer place. And packing was a diaper. So my boyfriend went and helped me out with packing all my stuff. Mm. Nice. And the thing is, is that we found the, the N64 between my sister's stuff. And it was like, hey. You that you have Zelda uh, Ocarina of Time for the N64, and he was like, "Can I play some?" <laughs> so we ended up like connecting it to plugging it to the TV and playing on the original N64 with the original controller. Which, by the way, my boyfriend was like, "How the fuck do you hold this?" Because it has like three handles, <laughs> and he was like, "You take this off my hands. You play instead." <laughs> So we ended. <laughs> oh, it is it's straight up confusing when you first grab one of those. You're like, oh, yeah. Who, you know what? And, until, 
until I saw a video which got the most like saying, how the fuck do you hold this thing? I never questioned it because I grew up with an N64 in my house and it was like, the, yeah. oh yeah, you hold it like this for these games and you hold it for like mm -hmm. this for these older games. So it was like, easy peasy. But now I look at it and, it's well, and it was like, who in the, their fucking mind me thought this was like a good uh, design for a controller yeah. because like the sticks to like is absolutely stiff try to play like for long sessions and your hands will mm. get decimated and uh, it's not ergonomic at all because uh, anyway i i also think this sorry this is a tangent but i i do think the design wise I have no proof for this, and this is entirely just me speculating, but I feel like part of the thought might have been because they were going into the 3D world that it was like, oh, the stick is for the 3D games, and this is for the 2D games, you know? And, like, never yeah. would have thought that maybe yeah. you'd want to have a D-pad and a fucking analog stick. But to be fair, mm -hmm. no one had made 3D games yet, so, like, oh, who knew? <laughs> True. Nowadays, like, you use both of those suckers. <laughs> like, yep. every game. And you may be missing, like, some buttons because, like, oh, my God, some games can be, like, super complex on their controller scheme. Mm -hmm. Or, like, just stupid. That can also happen. So we got distracted from packing, and we ended up playing Ocarina of Time instead. We went through the first dungeon of, it, of the game, the Great Deck Tree, and... Uh, we got Zelda's Lullaby, and we got um, the Epona song, and also we got the Sand song. And we got a bunch of Skulltoas because I have issues, and I memorize every single Skulltoa on that game. Damn. <laughs> at, at the very least, like, the, the early ones, I know, like, even, like, the tricks to get the ones you're not supposed to get. So... Yeah, I have I have issues. <laughs> like, you have issues, but skulls, chillas aren't one. <laughs> and we 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 also got like a couple of hard pieces that we were like, okay, just stand like in this platform, try to to like stand on on this part you're not supposed to stand in, and just like do a flip to the left, and you <laughs> fall into the to to the hard piece. And that was Turn around three times, clap your hands, say the sacred incantation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And my sister was just watching and she was like commenting um, like, oh yeah, I remember that. And it was quite fun. So maybe uh -huh. we'll continue playing this, uh, this game because we were like passing the controller between the two of us. Otherwise, how the fuck do you play with two people, one controller? Unless it's... You could actually play two people one controller with the uh, Switch version because you can oh, yeah. split the, the Joy-Cons between the two of you. Anyway, enough of Ocarina of Time. Um, the other things that I've been playing, I haven't been playing so much, except for one game, which I'll leave for the for last. Yes. But I play a bit of Stardew Valley. I think I'm arriving to... Uh, the wind, no, the autumn, and yeah, I I've been making bank with that a uh, little uh, trick uh, exploit that I told you about before. Um, I've been playing Beautiful Faded Memories. I uh, finished the prologue and I'm 
finally, on Nicolas Route. And for those who don't remember about Griffith, it's pretty much an atomic game where there's like three mafia groups like controlling our city. And for some strange reason, um, the protagonist is like the like just between like the 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 the, the, the fire like between the war from uh, these three factions, so to speak, because the. Has it been explained? I don't think so. But for some reason, the protagonist is a special little snowflake and controlling her in some way, it's gonna give some mafia group leverage over the other. Hmm. Because of, that's such a my games. They're weird as fuck, but I play them regardless. Amen. <laughs> um, amen. Uh, another game that I've been playing that is a boil up game is Hashihimi of the Old Book Town. And I haven't gone too far on this game yet, but from what I gather, the protagonist is a, an aspiring writer and works in a, an old bookstore. And uh, there's some sort of mystery around this bookstore or like the overall book town, which I haven't like quite run into just yet. Mm-hmm. And the people in this uh, boil-up game are like quite peculiar. Like the bookstore owner, like just took him under his wing, uh, in in exchange for him, like to just, um, like story keep the place, and he hasn't really shown his face around the the protagonist. Oh, and the protagonist has like this weird, I'm gonna call them like hallucinations or like he sees like spirits in some way, which I'm not sure if it's a proper hallucination or it's like, oh, these are like actual spirits. I have no fucking clue about this just yet. And I've also been playing uh, Color Malice. That, this is also a replay as I stated like last couple of weeks ago i don't know when <laughs> when i talk about this game last um but again this one is an otome game um there's this um tourist group called adonis who and they're trying to bring up on x day who's supposed like to be a river of the world or something like that in and the overall like objective of the game is like to try to uncover who's behind X Day and try to stop them. Like who's the like the, the leader or like how do you dismantle this organization from the inside and stuff like that. I'm realizing yeah, you you've definitely played before because I'm like, I actually re- remember this game and what the, <laughs> that plot is. I feel like yeah. I now by association know a lot about Atoma games. So, you know, if anybody wants to know more, just come talk to me. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) It's the osmosis. We've, like, become low-key experts just by mere exposure. Yeah, that's that's my ultimate objective, just to make you two experts on Atomic Games so you can bring more people into Atomic Games. The long game. (laughs) Yeah, playing the long game for sure. (laughs) The other game that I started quite recently, actually the other night, was... 
Pokemon Conquest. I already played this game before twice. But I was like, hey, you know what? I want to play like something on my DS. I want to play something familiar. What about a Pokemon game? And my boyfriend was like, you know what? Fuck Gen 5. What about the spin-offs? And we ended up like uh, deciding on Pokemon Conquest because it is a tactical RPG game with Pokemon. And this is probably the best Pokemon spin-off you've never played. Yeah, I've had this on my list for a while. I've, I've heard it's really good. I mean, I think you told me it was really good. <laughs> yeah, same. It's one that's on the list, albeit quite far down. Yeah, like, I totally recommend this game because it's the, uh, it's kind of, like, over the top because it's a crossover with Nobunaga's Ambition, which mm. is... It has been a tactical turn-based RPE. It has been an RTS. I, there's, a, like, a lot of stuff on that series, but it's some tactical stuff, including one with cats. And of course, Nobunaga is called Nobunaga on that on that game. Oh but God! <laughs> yep, it I is beautiful. <laughs> it's pretty funny. And back to Pokemon Conquest, there's uh, Nobunaga trying to like take over the region that is absolutely not shaped like Arceus or Arceus or how the, the what, however the fact you pronounce that Pokemon's name, which is pretty much God. And the you have to keep them from conquering all the region and try to conquer the region instead. Because okay, he's the bad guy. Obviously he can't take over the world. But if we do it, we're the protagonists, so we're clear. And you meet like various characters. <laughs> yep, it checks out. There, you meet various like characters that are based on lords and historical figures from that time. And there's something about this game that I've never tried before because I play like the main story, which is about like between 20, 10 and 12 hours. Sorry, I tried to combine the two. And but if you try to play everything, it's about a hundred hours because there's like multiple campaigns on this game. Like you, and uh, and that I've never played. I just usually stick with the with the main story. But you can actually like go through the stories of all of the lords of the game, which is quite interesting. And God damn, yeah, it's I. I'm just looking at the HRTV now because I thought it was like a conventional sort of. 30 40 hour thing but it really is like a stretch like you say main story is at 13 40 hours main plus on the site is 40 hours and then yeah completionist 100 plus that plus hours someone's clocked in uh 150 hour playthrough Mother yeah that just <laughs> well exactly yeah <laughs> Woo. yeah and um that even matters that's amazing because it is a very good strategy game where each Pokemon has a single attack, but that attack may be like uh, from a certain type and has a different range depending on, on the Pokemon and the attack. So you have to like build your team for each battle 
And there's also like a micromanagement thing where you, between each battle, will have to like send some lords to gather resources or like keep certain Pokemon at certain strategic places. Because if you keep a castle unguarded, you may have to deal with an invasion and you have to defend the place from any of the enemy nations. So yeah, I 100% recommend this. It is like, I don't know, like there's something about uh, Pokemon that fits this kind of game and I wish there was more of it. Hmm. So yeah, and finally, 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 um, should I talk about this game now or later? Let's or now and later. later? Because later for sure. Okay. Yeah, we'll talk about it entirely in a bit. <laughs> yeah, there's another game which we'll talk about in a little bit. Yeah. Now, who wants to go next? I will. Let's have Rick go. Throw my tats to the ring. Yeah. Because then I, I can. I want to talk. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, I, that, believe me, I know the segues there. Uh, <laughs> so I. Days Gone is kind of the new The Witcher in that I'm playing it, but I haven't really touched it. <laughs> so it, it's there, and it, it's objectively a much better game than The Witcher, albeit maybe a little bit more of a formulaic one. I, I think this is one where, as and when I find the time, I'm just going to have to sort of bum rush the story, because otherwise I'm going to be sitting on this forever. Um, so it, it's still there, albeit, you know, barely touched. Um, I started a new phone game called Where Shadows Slumber, Really, really cool. It's quite Monument Valley-y, but instead of the MC Escher-type um, overlapping sort of impossible geometry, um, you have isometric 3D spaces where you, it's all about manipulating light and shadow. So when shadow casts over certain objects, it can um, build or destroy paths. There's various sort of buttons and gizmos and puzzles that tie into it. There's also like a surprisingly robust story underneath it that's wordless, but where I often have issues with this kind of um, storytelling mechanism, here they do a really good job of making the right things clear and leaving the right things vague and ambiguous, to my mind so far. Um, only a couple of pounds or your regional equivalent seems criminally under um, underviewed. It's only got like, 10, 20,000 downloads. Cannot recommend it highly enough as a really easy sort of jump in, jump out um, thing. It, it's not massively breaking the formula. Like Light and Shadow Play, it's a thing that's kind of been done. But as a package, I think this is really great. Um, and I've been having a blast with it. Um, I started Undertale, mm. which obviously is a big one. Uh, I'm playing on PS Vita, the superior platform. It's quite an interesting one. So I... This is definitely a game where you want to go in as completely blind as you can possibly get away with. Even which is knowing almost impossible now. <laughs> which is almost impossible now. And yeah. even to the point that knowledge as minor as there is a pacifist run possible yeah. has kind of colored my approach to the game entirely. Um, it's the approach I'm trying to take, albeit I've not been totally pacifist. I have killed a couple of little enemies. Um, but, you know, in most of the fights that count, I've I've not killed. Um, I love the mix of sort of conventional turn-based RPG and bullet how um, for the for the combat system. Um, the story is still opening up. I'm about two hours in, but it is quite interesting. 
Papyrus is possibly one of my favorite characters in any video game ever. He's just a fucking whale of a time. Um, ah, <laughs> uh, I we should if you guys have both played it, we should do a spoiler cast when I'm done because I think it's definitely like trodden ground. But I would love to dig into it a little bit more. Um, yeah, I've, I I've think played personally that back for me, in the day when it like first came out, I, uh, before I did yeah. anything. <laughs> And so that would maybe be an interesting contrast as well. I think I will say there are limitations to the RPG maker style sort of basic top-down RPG format. I think it does hold it back in some respects. At the same time, it elevates it a little bit. Like It definitely feels every bit the indie effort that it is. And I think there's a certain charm to that in the setup. Um, I'm liking it a lot overall. See if that holds through. Um, another game I've started although I've not played loads of it is Remnant from the Ashes uh, for PC yeah. uh, Alex and I started a very brief very ill-fated attempt at a co-op run of that um, our versions of the game didn't seem to want to overlap properly no. and we were both quite <laughs> short on time when we did it so we never came back to it um, as someone who's not really played Dark Souls games I can kind of see the Dark Souls influence in it in the you know the 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 camp checkpointy things, um, the limited health revives that like um, replenish when you charge them up and respawn all the enemies again. Um, the gunplay is pretty good. Um, I've gone with the mid range, I think it is. So I've got like a, a carbine type thing and a repeater pistol. Oh, that's the um, way to go, along yeah. with the melee side of things. I I like it. I I like it a lot. I I think the story's a bit guff. Albeit it's oh, early yeah. days and it could it could open up massively, maybe. But the, the Don't mechanic... hold your breath. <laughs> no, fair enough. Well, it's a good job that the moment to moment stands up in that case. The yeah. gunplay is lots of fun. Um, all your weapons feel weighty and impactful. Um, you feel just the right amount of slow um to where like the dodge rolls and the impact of it all um feels right. It's maybe a little bit on the cartoony side a little bit on the um fast and loose there overall i do like it um this is one i'm probably going to be prioritizing over the next few weeks just because it's taking up like 40 gigs of space on my hard drive so that needs that needs clearing sooner rather than later might be my ssd i can't remember where i installed it wherever it is i need to not have it installed anymore um <laughs> as, as soon as i possibly can um so, yeah, and then the last game to talk about, and this is one that Alex has also been playing, so we'll, we'll talk about it together and segue through to it, is uh, Live Alive on Switch. Mm. Um, I've not played loads of it, but what I've played, I, I really, really like. Um, is that how you're feeling as well about it, Alex? Yeah, I'm like a little bit mixed on it. Um, okay. I, I do, I really like it. Like, it's quite good. I played the prehistoric one first, which is cute, but didn't really mm. grab me that much. Um, and I actually sort of bounced in and off. Then I played the West one, which I loved. That one was dope. And I mean, that one's a high point. Yeah, I'm in the Japan one now, which is stupid because um, <laughs> it's the stealth one. And I'm afraid that yeah. there's no, it's not, there's no fucking stealth mechanic. It's hold a button and pretend you're not there. Like that's not fucking stealth. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, it's probably like, what's the time, Mr. Wolf time thing, isn't it? Where, exactly. Like, yeah. So yeah, where you just like you're like, okay, I'm hidden and now they can't see me. And then when I come off, it's like, well, now they can find me. And so I, I just, I was like, you know what? I, like Cyber mentioned this too. Like there's a, there's you know technically different a, endings, a different ending. Yeah. I'm like, I'm gonna. That's an ending. I'm sure shit gonna look up because like, 
also like you end up having to face enemies that then you're not powerful enough to fight so i was just like fuck this i'm just gonna go blaze through a bunch of enemies level that character up like massively and just have a fun time because i'm like whatever a ninja who's gonna go murder but it actually kind of bounced me off it for a little bit i i think also it's so funny because like in the west one they have milk right which for a second i was like oh is this that like old localization thing where it's like they turned milk instead of like alcohol but then you go and you play because i played like the uh i played the the boxing one which is basically just a boss rush the martial the present arts day one. one yeah and you know i start that up and then this one's just like hey fuck you you motherfucker i'm gonna kick your ass and like straight up just like <laughs> like that the only one that's like kind of beeped is the fucker <laughs> everything else is just like you little shit how am i saying you went to hell and i was like holy crap like it just it feels so like it's fine but it just it feels so funny right like because you realize like as i'm playing it i was like oh is this why the game didn't come out back in the day because it's like body and like vulgar as shit and stuff and they were probably just like i don't know how to, i don't <laughs> um, but I, I do love the idea of this game because it's like a bunch of games in one, right? Like you you basically mm. get to play a bunch of different games with a similar combat system, and that combat system is really fun. It's strong, yeah, and it, it it's even though it's quite an old one, it still feels quite fresh in its approach because particularly with all the different characters, you have different um, move sets in every different one, and they're all different tile ways. You have this ATB setup. Um, and there's weaknesses and vulnerabilities. I think it it's probably the weaker part of it for me. Yeah. Um, in terms of where I'm at, I played the demo first of all, so I played a little bit of the Distant Future campaign, mm. the one with the little cube. Mm. Um, and I played a little bit of the China campaign, mm. which is then what I went on to play fully when I got the full game. Mm. And I've just started the prehistory campaign. Um, I've lost track of whatever point I was trying to make there. Oh, the combat system. Yeah, I, I, for me, the story side of things is where it's been stronger. I think in that sort of two or three hour window per campaign, um, it makes way more sense to be able to tell a more concise narrative that way and then move on. And, you know, obviously at the end, it's probably all going to tie together somehow. Yeah. Um, the, the China campaign is really, really strong. I actually mm. really, really enjoyed it. It's an interesting setup where you play as like a max level character mm. who's then got to take on um, students and build them up. Um, and there's like a Rocky style training montage thing in the middle where you're fighting them again and again, and they're gradually learning your moves. Really cool setup. And the, the impression I get, even when it falls flat, like with the, the Japan campaign, the idea is that because it's a load of smaller things that come together for a cohesive whole, it's an opportunity to play around with what's possible yeah. within that setup as a video game probably more so a thing when they were coming at it at the, at the time it originally came out, but even post Octopath and, you know, in, in the early 2020s, it feels like a worthwhile endeavor. Mm -hmm. Also worth saying, like they've really put some work into refreshing this. Like it is so I beautiful. Thought, yeah. I, I thought they just, you know, pulled the sprites and then whacked some on like 3d no. backgrounds on, but you go and look at, you go and look at the original 94 game versus the one that we have in 2022 it's night and day and apparently they've neatened up things about the combat as well yeah. as like completely retuning all the sprites and like a whole different ui you can save anywhere it's a real nice package probably how like you would remember that game being yeah and then you'd go and play and you're like shit that did, did no my 
my roast into glasses were firmly affixed in my well, brain. Well, it's actually but, why, like, I, I saw the, new, like, Tactor's Ogre is getting a, uh, like, a remake kind of thing, right? And, albeit it looks almost indistinguishable from the PSP release. Like, the, right? the new audio is probably the thing that would sell it because the orchestral score sounds phenomenal. Or but the that's, they've released do. Yeah, that's why I looked at it and I went, it's not 2D HD. You can go suck a dick. I'm not playing it. <laughs> like, I was like, and also, it is my why, square. Why don't you give us a new one? I know. Why well, a new one? I know why. Money. They, I know. Yeah. We know why, but well, also it, like why? I actually don't think it's even just that. I think it's that you had Triangle Strategy this year. You have Diofield Chronicle coming out. True. And you've got Tactors Ogre. So I'm pretty sure they're just like, like I'm not going to complain because I'm like, listen, they've given us so many tactics games this year that I'm like, thank you. It's all just thank you. I won't say anything. Thank you. But I do now. Flip I just, side, they've also kind of sent it out to die. Like Tactics Ogre. Yeah. But I also think, I don't know though. Yeah. I, anyway, sorry, this is all businessy stuff. But I have a, I have a feeling that they'll recoup whatever they put into it because I don't think they put a lot into it. Yeah, on, on the one hand, sure. But then on the other hand, like these yeah. games are often testing the waters for new entries in the franchise. Yes. But why would you do that by putting it in a, such a crowded space? That it makes no sense. But did this game ever? It's really annoying because I would love another Tactics Ogre. Yeah, I don't feel like those games ever were ever. They were never critical. Like they were critical darlings, but not. Commercial darlings. <laughs> I mean, not, not that tactics games have ever been commercial darlings. <laughs> well, I mean, Triangle Strategy did pretty well, right? It's. I, I don't know. I think it's doing well right now, but it, let's be real. Comparatively uh, to other genres, like even sure, when Fire Emblem sure. does amazing, it does very poorly compared to everything else. <laughs> um, but yeah. not that that matters. They're great. And we love them. Give me more tactics games. I'll buy them. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the, the, the point is like Live Alive is a proper yes. step up. Like they really uh, did. Yeah, that's what we were talking about. <laughs> that's what, yeah, just to bring it back. <laughs> just to reel it back in. Um, yeah, no. I it, think length-wise it's cool as well. Like yeah. overall it seems like about a 20-hour package. And another thing that the structure does really nicely is that, that, that China campaign. Like I finished over a couple of days. And it felt like I've really achieved something. But then, you know, there's more of the game to go. And it's it's much it's a much nicer cadence for me, I think. Mm-hmm. RPGs can often get very, very stodgy and lengthy. <sighs> I definitely felt that with The Witcher. Um, the other way, Octopath I know Traveler. you didn't like it. Which interesting full circle thing I think we mentioned previously, because it, it feels like Octopath was trying to do what Live Alive did to DHD. And then it's sort of come full circle thing. But, like, I know you didn't like it, but to cut the other way, Cosmic Star Heroin, like a 12-hour RPG that knows what it needs to be, doesn't pad itself out. Mm. I think Live Alive is that taken to the the, the extreme, and I think it, it's all the better for it. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I didn't dislike Cosmic Experiment. I just was like, I had my fill. <laughs> yeah. you know, that, that That's more what it is. Because I actually, I, I, I do agree with you. I think it's a good game. Um, but I'm just like, you know how it is sometimes? You just hit a game and you're like, I got what I needed. <laughs> I don't want to finish you. Yeah, yeah, I got, I know, I, I I got what it. I came I for. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I do agree with you. You know, it sort of feels a little bit like I would love to actually like read or learn more about the development of Live Alive, Live Alive because it feels mm. like um, uh, it it almost feels like like they held a game jam in their like offices or some shit, and we're like hey, this is the combat thing. What can you make with it? And then like, you know, companies pitched or some shit and we're like, are like, you know, developed like within it. And we're like, this one, this one, this one. Cause it was made by all little different teams. Right. And like, I love that idea mm. of like, cause after each one you get a little credits and I'm like, man, I would love yeah. 
I would just love if companies, but of course it's risky, right? Um, but I would love if companies just were like, hey, we have this core mechanic. Everyone take it, make something fun with it, and let's just put them together afterwards. And like, I just, it's it's kind of like the 10-minute games collections and things, right? It like, I When are they doing another? I need more 10 milligrams in my life. Yeah. Um, or like the Guild <laughs> games, when, when Level 5 did those for the 3DS. Yeah. And so many bangers came out of that as well. I, I love that idea as an initiative, just like, pulling a few smaller things together. Um, there's another company as well, like Super Rare Games, I think it is. They did like indie mixtapes. Totally different yep. idea. It's just where they've like curated a list. But I do think like well, a, there's... not an anthology thing so much, but like a big group of smaller games. I think there's merit to that. And like you say, it's not something that's done in Earth. There's a horror collection thing like that. I just got one that I want to do. It's like Dread something, I think. And they're, uh, they're basically like um, collections of horror games that are just made for these collections um dread x is it or something uh sorry Alex, dread can x you just collection. say horror one more time for me please horror what <laughs> horror horror yeah <laughs> sorry, i'm from canada yeah all right um, anyway i'm just careful i'm gonna start trying to imitate you and then you're gonna really hate that <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway the dread x collection there's like uh there's five of them and uh they're just a bunch of horror games <laughs> that are like <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love your English. It feels like no fielding is an owl. <laughs> I got that reference. <laughs> Sorry, that made my dog come running. Pablo's just here, like, I'm just happy to be involved. Like, yeah, what's going on? I don't understand. <laughs> Everyone's having a good time. <laughs> Man, actually, sorry. You bring up Noel Fielding is great because, like, as a kid and in Canada, I don't know why, but the Monty, Bo- the uh, Mighty Boosh, Mighty Boosh, Mighty Boosh really broke through in Canada. Like, uh, when YouTube hit, like, Greg and the Boosh mm-hmm. thing, that fucking went wild when I was a kid. Oh, God. <laughs> anyway, Noel, that's great. All right. And I was just doing Bake Off. But anyway, <laughs> let's, yeah. Dread X, it's good stuff. <laughs> Live alive, live alive. Oh God, I'm going to see live alive, live alive, <laughs> live alive. Video games. Alex, tell us about the other ones you've been playing. Yeah, sure, here we go. Let's try to get this uh, back on track. Right I here. don't even have much actually. I have like two seconds. Then we're going to jump into the topic because uh, I, I don't know why I've, I've been I've been so slow with Ace Attorney Investigations Two Prosecutor's Path. It's really good. It's just like you got to kind of sit down and play that game, right? Because it's a novel, frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, super lovely. Uh, but I'm still in the second case. Um, I haven't got out of it yet. I've been really slow, which I'm going to blame a certain game on after in a second. So, Paolo, it's your fault. <laughs> it's your fault that I'm playing the game and that I'm not playing the game. This <laughs> game. Exactly. Um, I also, again, we, we talked about uh, Live Alive. Uh, I also picked up one of these other like puzzle games. It's called Glass Masquerade. Um, it's really pretty. It's like stained glass jigsaw puzzles and it's really cool and you like travel the world and they're like in weird positions you can kind of drag them and fit them in on the switch and uh it's really neat and i got it for like two bucks but like i just was struck by that there's two of them and i was just struck by the um uh the visuals of it i was like man that's like really uh um 
I don't know. Just like, I thought it was really, really um, stunning looking and I wanted to try it out. And I have, and I like it. So uh, if you want, like, if you like jigsaw puzzles, um, then pick them up. They're cool. Might be on PC. Probably better on PC, actually. Some dragons moving around. But they've got touch control, so it's fine. (laughs) Um, All right. (sighs) Stomach hurts now. (laughs) Uh, Let's see here. We have come, finally, to our big old topic for today, which is um, Paola 1. our last round of how long to beat the game. And we ran a poll and it was between Code Realize, right? Um, Shimigami Tensei 4 and Age of Empires 4. And fortunately, Age of Empires 4 won. And I'm fucking obsessed. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to talk about this a little bit, but Paola, why don't you start by just like telling us a little bit about your gaming adventures over the last bit with Age of Empires 4. Oh my god, I've been playing so much of this game. Uh, should I do a little introduction to the game yeah, yeah. or I run my little heart out over these? Um, so Age of Empires for Age of Empires for is the first installment in the uh, in Microsoft flagship uh, franchise that is Age of Empires. Age of Empires is an RTS uh, series where you pretty much um, instead of like um like in warcraft 3 on the starcraft you have like different species or races you here you have like civilizations of like you have the rust you have the holy roman empire you have um delhi you have avasid etc so (laughs) you have french too english and uh, mongols and avasid yeah you got them all and chinese sorry chinese yeah eight yeah, you have eight on this game. Um, the very particular thing about this entry of the in the series is that each civilization is kind of like very asymmetric um, in the sense of you have something like there's that's special about it instead of just having uh, different modifiers to s- certain units that was like more or less what happened in the uh, previous entries. Mm-hmm. So, for example, and I have the page here, uh, the RAS have a little particular thing that whenever they um, kill like wild animals, they get like extra money. They also have like uh, hunting cabins, they have warrior monks that are like their religious unit, and they're like the only religious unit that goes on horseback. And they have a, a unique technology that is, for example, the castle turret increases the the the, well, the damage of arrows fired from the wooden fortresses, and that is a unique improved outpost that is like pretty much like a little tower that you have. And I could go on and on between all the civilizations. For example, the main one that I play is the Holy Roman Empire that usually is like good with um, infantry, but also they have like a very strong cavalry, but their thing is the infantry. They also are, they also have like their uh, special religious unit like very early in the game, that's the prelate. Mm. And they can use their prelates like to boost their economy. 
and so on and so forth. And they also have access to what's arguably arguably one of the best economic landmarks of the game, that is the 18th Chapel, mm. which um, once you it generates like four times more gold from a relic than if you put a relic into the like um, monastery that is like the usual place where you put your relics. And they have like other bonuses like that come from relics. The Chinese is a fucking nightmare to play because <sighs> you are able to build both um, landmarks because in this game to go from one age to another, you build a landmark instead of like just pressing the advantage, advanced age button on your uh, town center. And in particular, the Chinese also has these things called um, oh. dynasties. Yeah, your boyfriend's and they also have <laughs> extra micro, you know. Oh my god! And they have like different, like um, I guess, uh, extra things that, or extra bonuses depending on which dynasty you are. And they also have imperial officials, which collect taxes and um, can supervise buildings to make everything go faster. Yeah. Oh my god. We're halfway there. The English are, and the French are like the two most easiest um, civilizations to play. The English um, are like center up, uh, around Longbowman, mm. which, by the way, they can really wreck your shit. Yep. And they're like very defensive because uh, you can set up like a bonfire to, cure, to, to heal your units, or like you can set up like these. I don't know if sticks, lances, whatever, but they can like just barricade themselves so you can't charge them palisades, with horsemen. Uh, yeah, palisades, palisades. Thank you. And then you go to the French, and they are like all cavalry, like very oh, aggressive in general. French are the bomb. Because <laughs> I'm playing the yeah. shit out of the French. French are like super aggressive. Um, like Paola showed me these, uh, this like YouTuber who like did these like build orders and like his kind of joke was like, oh, the French, you just build knights. And like, he's not wrong. <laughs> you basically just, you build freaking royal knights and you kick the shit out of people. Like the thing with this, with them, and that's so scary about it is like the French in particular can trap you in the feudal age. Cause there's like the four ages. Right. And like, they're so aggressive that if you're, and what I've been learning is like, if you're good at like multi like you know micromanaging and like managing everything and like bouncing back and forth across your map if you can be aggressive with them while still building up your cut they, they're all they're so fucking hard to beat like even in uh like pro play they win like 50 percent of the time which is pretty wild honestly <laughs> yeah the french are like very <laughs> annoying in particular oh there's also a guy to to a guy to beat the French as the Holy Roman Empire, so mm -hmm. I'm gonna I gotta watch that. <laughs> I mean, uh, the nice thing is then, that you can you can beat every you know group with everyone, right? Like there are advantages, but I do think it's like a well balanced game. Fortunately, <laughs> I mean, the, there's more on that later. Yeah, because <laughs> there has been some bad plays and some civilizations have suffered more than others. Yeah. In particular, I think Mongols were like going downhill and Delhi Sultanate too. Well, Mongols but have just shot back up, I think. Yeah. 
Oh, that's nice. Mongols are number one now in the pro rankings for like women's because um, they got like a a, a free guru or something. I can't remember what it is. One of their yeah, 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 yeah. I I just remembered. Yeah, they got the their free um building that serves as like a collecting point yes. for any research. But so in like. Our level of play, I don't think there's very good. I think you have to be really good to play really well as them. <laughs> yeah, Mongols are like one of the more complicated things to play as. Uh, so it's Sultanate, because if I remember correctly, playing as the Sultanate, you have the scholar, and all your, um, like your mm. researches are free, but you have to boost like the speed of their researches with the scholar because it is a lot slower. Mm. And also, if I remember correctly, the Delhi have war elephants, which, by the way, they are they can wreck your shit real quick if you're not prepared with spearman or something like that. And yeah. they're like siege unit. Yeah, I I got a I I had quite a hard time against the uh, Delhi, but when in the end, more on that later. <laughs> <laughs> that when There's you also. Me. <laughs> 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 It was an accident in the sense of we weren't supposed to be on different teams. <laughs> it just happened. And then we were not. <laughs> and then we were not. Then we have the Mongols, which, by the way, they have... First of all, they can move the, their buildings because they are gnomes. Uh, but because of the same point, they can't really like, fortify their... Uh, defenses, so they have to play a little bit more aggressive. And they have the can that it's pretty much like a special scout that they get and respawns if they die. Mm. And they also have uh, mounted archers, which never stop firing even if they're moving. So they have like very interesting units over there. Finally, we have, uh, which have I not talked about yet? The Abbasid dynasty. Yeah. Yeah. And the Abbasid, their special unit is the camel. And that is uh, pretty much an cavalry, anti cavalry unit. And they can give bonuses, I think it was defense bonuses to the army by just having them around. So they're like pretty useful. And and the other special thing that they have is that instead of building like multiple landmarks, they have just one that is the House of Wisdom and they build wings to it and like the military wing or the economy wing and they age up that way. And I think that would be like all eight civilizations in a nutshell. It's kind of wild because even just yep. hearing you talk about these, I'm realizing like I know still basically nothing about most of the other ones right because like i've just so you know i've focused so intensely on uh um on, on the, the french on the french right which like again you kind of have to i think like i, I don't know I, I find it's quite difficult in this game like you kind of got to stick to something like to give some context. I, I beat the mastery. So they have like these, there's like 10 things that you can do to get mastery of a um, civilization, which I, I admit some of it is like, it's not great. Like they make you do a mastery one per game. You can't get more. 
more, um, which I think is kind of bullshit. And honestly, honestly, mm. and it feels like it yeah. extends it a little more. And I have to say, some of the masteries are also kind of busted. One of the French ones, I had to accrue gold using a guild hall, which is a landmark, um, or accrue gold or wood or whatever from it. And it didn't work a lot. And like the only way I got it to work was by like collecting right away on it and then letting it go and collecting again when it had over 2000 and then I got the mastery, but like I had gotten it before and it's didn't anyway, it's just, and like I was in the proper age and everything. And I was like, I did everything right. Why didn't I, why didn't I get it? So there's Mm -hmm. weird things like that. But at the end, the last thing that you do is like play the other, play the AI on the hardest difficulty. And I played 30 hours at this point um, before getting that. And to be fair, I did also play some of the campaign, but only the first like campaign mission, the Norman's one, which the campaign is really fun. But like, I now feel like I am adequate as the French. Like I can beat the hardest AI now um, as the French and I can beat them pretty handily as well. Like it was like, you know, the, the match that I won, I was pretty proud of. Like it didn't even feel like I was playing against the hardest because I was like really pushing them and, and pressuring them. Um, but I also know that if I were to switch to another class i would fucking die on the hardest difficulty because i (laughs) don't have any knowledge of how they work and like they're all really intricate and um Mm. they all require a lot of like knowledge and understanding of like build orders and like how to really get out there and even like you know i think maybe if we have time after i I might i might play paladin in a game because uh i'm curious to see how i do now because i still don't feel like i'm as good as you or not even close to Felipe. Paola's boyfriend is fucking amazing at this, by the way. Like, <laughs> like Paola is really good. I have to give you, like, I have to say, like, first off, she's really good. Like, she trounced me when I was playing. And Felipe is, like, even better, which is crazy. Because, like, when I saw Paola play, I was like, she's so good. And, like, Paola, you've won fucking rank matches and shit. Like, you're, like, silver or something, right? Like, does, does Felipe yeah, play in rank? Silver one. Because I don't think he does, does He's he? not... He- He's not playing in rank, but I'm telling him he should because I cannot beat him. Yeah, he kick ass. Like, I'm just like, he's quite good at this game. And like, because he plays Chinese, right? Um, yeah. And he's good as that. He I'm, went I'm complicated. Yep. Yeah. But there's like, there's benefits too to that. Like, if you go complicated and you know what you're doing, it's like, whoa. Like, I think th- realistically, I think one of the reasons why I can even do pretty well is like picking the French is a good call, I think, as a starting because as long as you're adept enough, you can end the games pretty quick. And I think that's where things are at their best because where it breaks down for me is having to really strategize in a long game. It's fucking hard, you know? Like if you have to really draw it out because now you're dealing with so much other shit and you're really like, okay, what do I, what units do I have to prioritize? Like, oh God, what do I do? Um, It can fall apart really fast, but if you can keep it, quick and, and decisive you've got yourself something good like for me honestly if i if we enter into if you get into the imperial age i'm dead you know if i'm playing against like another player like if it's the ai whatever i'm fucking trounce them but um at this point now i'm at the point where i'm a little sad because i'm like shit the ai is not going to give me a challenge but i can't win against other people <laughs> you're in that horrible gap in the middle yeah, yeah. right where i just yeah. got to play against others to get better but um I'm excited for Rick for you to start trying. Do you know what? I I didn't realize quite how big the install was. I went to uh, I went to install it while you guys were talking about the, the different classes. I was like, sweet baby Jesus. 
Yeah. Um, so I, I think once I've finished Remnant, which is going to be soon, no. then I can put Age of Empires in, in the space that that mostly clears up. Also, double check, though, because the install, there's like a 4K uh, HDR video pack that is optional, and it might be asking you to install um, that. Yeah. I didn't install it because like my monitor is 1440, so I was like, well, no. And it's just I'm 1080p the- on my laptop. Yeah, it would be yeah. pointless. Yeah. yeah, it will save you like 30 gigabytes easily. You muted yourself, bro. <laughs> oh, in which case, yeah, I probably have the room to. Assuming that's not on top of, let's have a look. I don't remember how. Ah. Yeah. Uh, no, I, th- I think the. Uh, uh, yeah, holy moly! So, um, the the four K video pack version is another fifty gigs on top of what I'd already seen. So... How much is the? How how big is the install? I don't remember. I just I just. This installs like eighty two gigabytes. Um, the 4k version is 135 yeah it's such a good game though it's so good i'm like i'm so fucking into this game and like pal has introduced me now to like casts and stuff like watching um was it ozzy drongo who's like awesome to watch and very yeah fun yeah and like that's what that was i saw in the the little four person thing we've got with felipe you just typed Aussie underscore Drongo. I was like, that must just be a joke that I missed. That's a YouTuber. Okay. No, okay. he's super cool. And like, honestly, really useful. Like, I feel like I've learned a lot just by watching him. Like, because he does play-by-plays of games. Like, he'll watch the replays or like, or he'll live cast, right? Like, as the game's happening. Um, and uh, it's super, super cool to watch because you get this real sense of like, and watching like pro players play. Damn, man. It's like they're doing 600 things at once because like you're watching sometimes yeah. and you're just like, well, how yeah. are they over there doing that? Like you can't automate the scouts or anything. And they're just like, no, it's they're all like, macros though, isn't it? Yeah. But they, they're like Starcraft, the right? Like where it's actions per, per minute. And unless yeah, you can hit a mega high number, no matter how smart you are, like it's just not going to happen. Yeah. I've been really upping my APMs, which is a new thing I learned because like I've been doing a lot of keyboard shortcuts and stuff. So now I can like, I can jump across the map like, that yeah i'm just like like going through and so like i'm able to like what was really nice in the hardest day and this is why i think it made me be able to win was that i was able to like you know i could one minute be off fighting with you know my guys and then it's just like in a split second i'm back okay set up the economy back 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 right just like bing 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 bing, going like that so it's like it feels a little wild at some points because you're just like holy shit holy shit holy shit holy shit holy shit but like once you've got those like (laughs) hotkeys going and like really you're using your keyboard that's where I found the thing that I have to get better at is actually the uh, the shortcuts for the buildings because something I've done okay. is that the fucking houses are right above the fucking farms and the amount of times that I've accidentally hit the houses and built a house <laughs> and I'm not even thinking right because like you get you get automated right like you get to a point where you're just like you have you have to just knock them out because you can't think you have to constantly like, spinning plates and putting out fires yeah. yeah yeah and then you fuck up and at one point i look and i've got a l- fucking lumber mill and I, I have all the built houses i need but i built them around a fucking mill <laughs> i'm like what did i do <laughs> um but anyway it ended up actually working out for me in the end, so it didn't matter but uh yeah i don't know it's it's a it RTSs are wild, man. <laughs> the the way you've gotten into it has gotten me excited. I'll I'll say that much. I've had a blast. curious, excited, slightly terrified. Well, Paula, yes. just anyway. Um, t- tell us more about what you've been doing, Paula. Also, <laughs> hmm. well, I've been playing a lot of multiplayer, trying to get a little bit better 
especially because I got my the full mastery with the Holy Roman Empire. So I started ranking, mm -hmm. which, by mm -hmm. the way, I somehow uh, won like just one of the ranking matches and got into bronze three right away. And after a couple more matches, I got into silver one, which yay me, could have gone me. And I was actually quite proud of one of the matches because um, my enemy was the French and they just went and that asshole built my red palace like right outside my base. But I was like in like economically um, at a comfortable place where I could just build siege and counterattack and somehow won the game. Nice. Somehow. That's... I'm still like, how the hell did that happen? But probably got overconfident once he got the palace out there. Cause like he probably just assumed that's it, right? Like game over. Um Yeah, I think that's the thing that happened. Oh, for those not in the know, the Red Palace just shoots arrows like nobody's business. It's like uh keep bad on the steroids. And if you garrison people in it, it's like fucking over. And you can like get cannons yeah. and shit. Yeah. You never fight under the Red Palace. Never. <sighs> like, that's that's the one way to lose a game. Mountain Pass, Red Palace, right in the middle. <laughs> oh, I know. That would be... <laughs> that, that would be... That would do it. Um, uh, yeah. The other thing is that I got... Uh, I almost got... Uh, what's the name of it? Uh, Sacred Side Victory. But just two minutes before I got it, because you have to defend all sacred sites for like 10 minutes. Just like two, under two minutes, I got wrecked. Like the, the guy came and took the sacred site, one of the sacred sites away from me, and I couldn't really defend from there. And I ended up losing that match. But that was a one very interesting match. And. I also had to play against an AI to to be able to build a wonder because hell no, that's not gonna happen in a multiplayer match. Oh god no. The amount of resources no, you need to build a wonder, yeah. <laughs> you need uh six thousand of each resource and I think I use up all the stone I have like on my side of the map and just had to buy the rest of the stone. Yeah. Uh, which, by the way, the the market is quite underrated. Like when you're playing like on one on one matches, because there are like markets spread across the land, and you can just trade with, I guess, the computer or just like neutral places. Mm -hmm. But the other thing is that you can just buy your way to imperial. Yeah. If you have like enough people on food or all the resources. The French and... is interesting too, because the French traders can trade any resource which I've actually found sometimes when I'm playing in a game and I have like, suddenly I'm losing a lot of resources or like I've exhausted some of them. It's just like, all right, well, I'm gonna get my traders to get for the one that I need. <laughs> and suddenly it's just like, I got a ton <laughs> more now, you know? Oh, that's very nice. Hmm. And I'm trying to think like the other thing. Um, uh, yeah, I haven't like properly like, looked at the build order for French, but I'm starting to play French because I... Nice thought that maybe playing a more aggressive civilization would, oh my God, the hiccups, will make me like, 
like I would be more able to play more aggressive with the HRE. Yeah. Because um, it, it's when I was playing Link of Lanes and someone told me, hey, play Tiamat because you have to be like frontline all the time and fighting like under towers and stuff like that. And at that time, since I was a newbie, I was like almost avoiding fights. And it was like, no, play this character because that way you will get used to playing in this style. It's so tempting to and avoid we, fights, right? Because <laughs> you're like, yeah. you get nervous. You're like, I don't want to lose units. But then like, that's what I've actually found playing as the French is that my, I feel like maybe early new player instincts is often to like stay hidden, build your shit, right? And like, you're trying to like mass things up. But then like, well, yeah, like you said, when you play as the French, it's like, no, 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 actually you have to be going and attacking all the time and learn how to retreat and yeah. how to select just the units you need, how to protect other ones, how to, you know, and like, and not be greedy, right? It's uh, it's really interesting. But like once you figure it out, and I by no means am a master at this yet, but <laughs> once you kind of have that like knowledge, I feel like it really unlocks other parts of the game. But I need to learn how to be defensive. Maybe I'll play the English at some point. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing that um that was has been changing ever since like the last patch is that developers want games to stay on feudal like a little bit more because right now um it's like half of the of the civilizations are trying to get to castle and the other half are trying to prevent that so it's like watching like someone like uh like hitting their head against the wall uh, for like the first i don't know five to eight minutes depending on what see if you're playing so it is more interesting to see like like those like early skirmishes between the units, and it is more fun to like to expect and try to combat your way out of the situation and try to do your thing regardless. Mm-hmm. I've also learned. And, uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say, like, like when you mentioned okay. those early skirmishes, those like, like I've started to realize, like. I, I think sometimes you feel like, oh, whatever, if I lose a unit or two here, not a big deal. But man, those early trades and losses can spell this like complete doom for you if you're not careful, right? Like I remember I was playing against you when we were doing that game. And at one point I remember losing units of this and I was like, oh shit, I think I just lost. <laughs> like I had this moment where I was like, oh no, that's it. Like I, I lost too many, especially if you're playing as a as a sieve that has like, you know, high value units that also cost a lot. It's like, if you lose too many to somebody, you're kind of fucked because now they have all of this time while you're trying to build up your army again to just fortify or like increase. And it's just, yeah, man, it's like, it can be, those can be so decisive. It feels like they're not important, but like, man, they can be really important. If you're playing against someone like, you know, who you know is like fucking good and <laughs> knows how to capitalize yeah. it, right? Which and that's is the what magic. was the case when I was yeah. playing against you. I was like, shit, I fucked up. It's over. <laughs> and that's the magic when you get good enough that those tiny details can swing the pendulum one way or the other, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, it's so good. I got um, to stop playing yeah. it eventually though, because fuck. <laughs> no, join us. One of us. Rank with us. Maybe it's up. Actually, you know what? Okay, maybe that'll be a goal. I would like to try and win a ranked match. I think that would be pretty fun. <laughs> that would be interesting. Um, what else? Oh, yeah. And I was trying to think, like, one of the things that the French have against the Holy Roman Empire is that French are, like, very aggressive early on, while the 
Holy Roman Empire is one of those ships that want to get like to castle as fast as possible. Yeah. And I'm like, I can get to Imperial like in 14 minutes. I don't know if that's enough to like keep you off my lane. In 14 minutes? Yeah, I mean, I can be out yeah. in a... Um, but see, you know what? The interesting with Knights is that it's actually not that... It's not that the end of the world if the other um, one gets into castle. That's not the end of the world, right? Because you can you can pepper yeah. in and really annoy. Um, but I think what's fun and I think what's interesting is that there's a risk-reward against French, right? Because like, I think if you're playing against them, and you know because you've played a little bit, is that if they're being really aggressive, you can kind of try and hunker down and castle but if you hunger down too much they're just gonna have a fucking army ready to go (laughs) like it's like there's this trade-off of like you got to be good at defending i really think what it comes down to being good at using your military right because i think that's the big thing uh against playing against french or any aggressive civs like you got to know how to defend against them and the your the person you're playing against has to make some fucking mistakes which is what happens (laughs) you know um and i would say is not um unlikely when it comes to playing against me <laughs> i'll probably make a mistake <laughs> i also gotta get good at figuring out where the fuck my buildings are sometimes i like lose the blacksmith all the time i'm like where to put my blacksmith <laughs> <laughs> yeah that happens a lot oh my god if i'm gonna uh the other day that i was trying to play as uh, french it was like hey my my buildings look different what what, what the hell was this I know this one is the the cavalry building because it has horses, but what where the fuck is the infantry building? I know, right? I always know the archery one because I'm like, I can see the red dot. That's the archery. I can see the horse. That's my stable. All right, here we go. But then also, I don't even click them because there's good hotkeys for the military buildings that are way easier. Um, and so I, I just use those. I'm just like, bam, bam, bam. <laughs> like, give me these keys. <laughs> I've stopped clicking. I've I tried to. to reduce my clicking. <laughs> Yeah, I need to learn how to use those hotkeys. I've got a couple down. I need like ten more to go. Yeah, they're so they're so vital, and I still don't think I use them enough. But like each game, I try to I'm trying to master another hotkey. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm like, okay, I got that mm-hmm. one. Now I'm gonna get this one. I'm gonna add this one. It's I gotta say like the and we, I think we talked about this. I don't know now. I might have been talking with you and Felipe or something. It's the most sport like game I've played in a long time, which I know like competitive um you know like uh multiplayer games online are a lot like that i just don't really play them much and i can't really play fps's anymore but there's something about this that feels different because yeah you you do have to be really precise but it's a lot more about the tactical strategy and like keeping it all in your head and i get it like it's really satisfying to play a game and know that like you built everything right fucking made good moves and just like did a good job and like held that all within your brain you know as you went through like there is this like satisfying feeling of just you're like i did that i i'm good (laughs) it just feels it feels good you know you're like damn and then you get humbled which is actually nice because then you lose a match and you're like fuck right okay well not good enough yet though how do i get better it's a little bit like the neon white and like the speed running thing like when you're playing like there's this like the competitive edge is fun. And again, I, I like that I've been able to play against, play with you and Felipe as well, and then play against you a little bit. And even just playing against the AI, it's like incrementally getting better. And I, you know what? Okay, that's it. That's what the issue is. The difference between more like competitive FPSs and whatnot is that in those, I feel like you start and you get fucked right away, right? And you can't really yeah. 
you can't really practice because there's only like, I don't know, like, you know, the campaign, but the campaign's not even anything like what it's going to actually be like to play. But then in something like an RTS and like Age of Empires 4, it's like, well, you have skirmishes and you have these masteries. So you have things to go towards as you're playing and you can actually, you know, work your way up from easy, intermediate, hard, hardest to the point where hardest now feels easy. And then you actually realize mm. it's like, I have gradually gotten very good at this. Um, and now I can go in and play and I'm not just going to get wiped right away. I might still get beaten, but I'm going to probably know why I got beaten. Right. And like that to me, and then the fact that they save all your replays and shit too, like you can go and replay and see how you lost. Right. It's amazing. Like, I don't know. I know. I I remember age of empires three was kind of a a black mark. (laughs) I know some people really liked it. That's a black chip. Yeah. But this one, it's just, it just feels tight and just, good and i know there's still not as many players in this because age of empires 2 will forever be and they they re-released like 2019 right like the uh not reforged but something right like they, they redid um like a new another version warcraft 3 is it you mean reforged yeah warcraft 3 is reforged but the age of yeah. empires 2 they did like a, a remastered or whatever oh i see i see i see yeah so there's still that I rings bell, yeah. just so many players in that one but that's also why i think i like four more right now because there are kind of less players, but it kind of also means that, like, I think no one's been playing this game for a decade. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, you it's still not have too a late chance. to get in. Yeah, I yeah, right. Like, we're only in the second season yeah. right now of the game, and with the second season, things have changed, right? And even that, Paula introducing me to like, um, was it beastly? Beastly Beastly cutie. Beastly cutie. Yeah, he's funny. I like. Him. Um, like he's doing things talking about season two and suddenly I'm like, Oh my God, like I get it. Like I understand more of these like communities of players as well. And from what I've seen so far, it seems like the age of empires, like, you know, pro and like, even just like communities seem, uh, pretty chill. <laughs> so I'm like, this is pretty fun. So In general. I'm fully converted to the PC world. <laughs> <laughs> Do we miss anything? What, what else do we um... got about? I don't know. We besides like watching cast, uh, cast games, and I think I we already touched on that a little bit with uh, Ashton Jungle and Beastie Cutie. Mm-hmm. Oh, you have to watch the Plastic League. Um, yeah. The Plastic League games because they're like so so stupid because they're try they um Beastie Cutie just like goes and says like okay let's who's the lowest rank is ranking player in this whole game in this whole season and it's like okay let's watch a match with between that guy and the second worst guy in the game and it's like <laughs> like nice i know i shouldn't laugh about people learning the, the ropes with the game but these are people that have been playing actively in that tier okay so they're like you're like you come on you know <laughs> yeah someone has to be the worst right um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, but there are like some really good games that they cast and the guides that Bistikiri offers and all uh, civilizations are like very good. So for anyone who is getting into the game, go watch Asidron, go, go watch Bistikiri because that will make your life so much easier yeah, seriously. than if you try to get better alone. Like honestly, it feels like a cheat code, um, but just so that you understand it more. Like I recommend Rick, you 
like choose a, a sieve and just pick one of their guides. And it's like so great. Um, yeah, I hope actually community, please join us. If any of you <laughs> play HFRs 4, be great to play some uh, games against uh, anyone in the community because it's just fucking fun. Um, or we can mm. play together against anyone. Yeah. It's also fine. Although, Paolo, you and I, we should definitely play against the hardest at some point too because I want to... Uh, um, yeah, we need to do that. Also, we need to play the four of us, including Felipe, because... That would be interesting. I don't know if you want to play like all of us against the AI or like split two and two. I feel like I have no idea what would be a fair split <laughs> in that because Felipe's team. Hey, can we do three against Felipe? <laughs> mm-hmm. Three against Felipe I, I'm also sounds very about much right. A black box. And like, Felipe gets two AI amazing. and hard. I could be very shit. Yeah, I, like, we, we really it's don't. TBD. Know. Yeah, I have no yeah. idea what you are yet, so we'll have to find out. I, I would love to play a four-on-four, four, though, like four like us against four hardest AI or some shit. I feel like that would be really cool. Though we would probably mm. decimate because all of us together, because even the hardest AI... There's advantages there, right? Like, it's a yeah, because the thing is, even the hardest AI is not... Well, I don't know. But once you know how to play, they're not that hard, right? Um, it's a thing with a yeah. lot of competitive games like that, right? Like the the AI only works up to a certain point, and after that, like you're always going to know things to work around it that just don't apply when you're facing humans. Yeah, it, it's just a reality of the setup. Like there's always going to be um, a gap there because the AI doesn't know optimal strats, right? Like <laughs> you know, they, no. didn't, they didn't program do this because like there's too many variables, but. It's good AI. Or at least don't the, get me wrong. The version that does Microsoft haven't let that into the public yet. Because <laughs> like I played against the hardest AI. The first time I played, I I just surrendered right away because I got like I I fucked up and I saw them come right in and I was like it's over. I saw their thing. So they they can be extremely mm-hmm. good. But then it's like if you play optimally, they don't feel like they're any good. But that's because you're playing really well, right? So mm-hmm. yeah, that's how it should feel. Um. So I don't know. But then again. I do think there are some sieves that if I tried to play on the hardest difficulty against, I I would probably lose actually because the one I played against I think was particularly ill-equipped to fight me um, because they didn't build didn't build any spearmen. I'm like, look at all these knights. What? They build them way too late. <laughs> it was game over, man. <laughs> yeah, that's because the uh, AI doesn't usually like. Um, prepared to fight you rather that they see what you're they see what you're fighting them with and then they build units exactly yeah well with people it can get into like for the chess territory sometimes yeah because it, it usually i mean and now i've started to realize like when i start playing i look like who am i playing against and that determines my strategy right away right um mm. Whereas, yeah, the, the AI is just going to do, um, like, whatever at first. And then, like you're saying, as, it, as you play against it, it starts to learn. It's like, oh, okay, actually, I'm going to change it up. Um, anyway, Crusaders Kings 3 is next for me, I think. I'm going down on oh, a grand strategy RTS uh, well right now. And I'm like, yeah, let's play games. Although, Crusader oh, Kings 3 is uh, pretty small install actually it was like five gigs i was like what <laughs> yeah the, i mean the depth of that game is not like from sheer assets it's just from the sheer amount of options available to you mm-hmm. 
that game looks phenomenal. It also looks fucking terrifying. See, and this is though, <laughs> I always thought, I thought Age of Empires 4 and like RTSs were terrifying too. And then I realized like once you get into it, you're like, oh, okay. No, it's not that frightening. Um, <laughs> you just, you got to practice a little, right? Uh, but I don't think I have, you know, 10, 30 hour games le- left in me. <laughs> so many. Mm. Uh, shit all right sorry i can talk forever about this now paolo what have you done <laughs> hey, one of us you're next rick yeah um, <laughs> we should probably move on though because we're already hitting like two hours welcome back everybody <laughs> um, we were off for a while and we we're, we're chatty we're chatty folk um let's turn to how long to beat the game I think it's Paula's turn. Agenda seems to suggest so. I'm going to double check last week. That's what I was about to do too, because I was like, it's been a few weeks, so I don't remember. Uh, It has been a minute. 82. 82 is Rick, so yeah, it is Paula. Fat is. Okay. Yeah, let me, give me a minute here. Because I'm trying to pick a game. I wasn't prepared for this. (laughs) I wasn't ready. Uh, where was the random button over here? Yeah, I'm just trying to randomize and like, ooh. Oh yeah, we went Alex with Paula. Alex with Paula, yeah, okay. Yeah, we did it a different way around this time, right? Which Paula won. Yeah, I think so too. Okay, let's go. Uh, no, we're not going. We're not doing World of Warcraft: The Burning Crusade. <laughs> 300 hours. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to, like, oh, to pick a game that I know that maybe you haven't played like recently, oh, I but like I don't Yeah, I'm I'm trying, I'm trying. I Okay, what is no no we we shouldn't no. Oh, but I kinda okay, want but... to now that you said that. <laughs> like I was just pressing on random and there's a game called Loot Apocalypse. <laughs> okay, so, what the hell is this? It's a game about zombie viruses, love, sex, and evil corporations. You have to force your way to safety, to, to safely safety through lots of zombies. Uh, yep, yep. I'm I'm just gonna go with this meme of a game. Remind me, what's it called again? It's called uh, Loot Apocalypse, all everything together, Lude. and with all caps. Loot Apocalypse, all caps. My God, I'm gonna research this in an incognito. Amazing. <laughs> what what platform is it on? Yeah, let me check real quick. What the fuck is this? No pun intended. There's no way this isn't on. Um, this isn't like just on PC. Like, it has to only be a PC game. It says Steam. Oh, wow. Yeah, you have to be logged into Steam to view it, it says. Like, it won't even let me look at it in the browser. I think it might be It might be filth. I'm certain Yeah, it might filth. be filth. <laughs> not not, that, the, uh, yeah, not I... that the name was much of a giveaway. Um... <laughs> okay, so we have... I haven't even looked at the picture because I'm so fucking scared. Oh my God. What on earth is this that you found, Paula? I don't know. Oh, no. 
<laughs> the Steam page just has straight up boobs in the screenshots. <laughs> what on earth is this? Oh, Lord. There's like certain aspects of like um, Steam where like you go on and you're just like, oh, that's just porn. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. Just porn. I mean, that that is pretty much what this is. Oh, my God. There's GIFs on the store page. <laughs> they are, they're not okay GIFs. Oh, Lord. Okay. Um, Ludicrous. Cool. <laughs> no, 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 you absolutely should. I have to read this review. It's for overwhelmingly you. positive. Simple side scroller shoot 'em up. Pros, funny, simple yet fun gameplay. Story is stupid but funny. Cons, your friends will know. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> right, okay. Give us the skinny power. So obviously we're doing the main, main plus and hundred percent times. What is your bonus fun time category? this time um i'm trying to think okay um is this supposed to be when was the game last updated okay. last it's... updated does it say that on the, oh, on the okay. uh, like uh up last updated on the page got you got on you, the got how you. long to wait page. so this is supposed to be okay. like a resident evil knockoff huh is that like or like not even knock i think off, it, it's but... a parody a dusty parody i think right. that's the idea okay a dollar 19 <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the, the price kind of says it all, doesn't it? It really does. Uh, this is great. Okay. Oh, shit. I should probably figure out how long it is, though. Um... <laughs> Sorry, this is so... Oh, God. Or, okay. Can I, can I change that for next question? Next week on, on completions. <laughs> okay. Uh, which percentage of people have retired the game? Oh, oh, that that's got to be yeah. Does anyone retire this game? Okay, all my answers are with Pala. I'm almost there. Okay, how about you? So you said retired percentage. Yeah. Retired percentage. Um. Uh... Oh, I fucked this up last time. I went way too fucking high. Um, cannot fuck. Is this it up. bad that I kind of want to play this game now? For you know, for research. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for academic purposes. <laughs> for for purely right. clothed purposes. I went a I went a lot lower this time because I feel like last time I just really <laughs> screwed the pooch. I did like <laughs> didn't I do like twenty percent or something? <laughs> I'm God, I don't know. If ever there was a game that's going to be a 20% retirement, I feel like this would be the game. I just don't feel like it's a long game. Though. It's a dollar nineteen. Like it's there's no way this game's longer than an hour. Yeah. Mm. Okay, yeah. so okay, um, I have both of, the, of your guesses here. So right. Alex says that my story is 30 minutes long. Yeah. Uh, Rick says one hour. Yeah, I feel and like that's... Oh, this is going to be awful. Watch it be like 31 minutes or something gross. <laughs> Go on. It's actually 42 minutes. So point oh, two clicks for like three minutes. That's like... that's like Yeah, I, I just scraped by there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely buying this yep. game. $1.19. <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't care my friends know. What oh, no. have I done? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's like the Age of Empires like, oh, what have I got done? But there's like the, <laughs> what have I done here? Yes. What have I done? What have Looks I like done? a Flash game, though, uh, from like way back in the mm. day. Anyways, there's a Newgrounds link, number two. I feel like it is a Flash port. There's a Newgrounds link? Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, my God. Yeah. Beautiful. 
So Alex says one hour and 30 minutes for the main plus. Yeah. Rick says two hours. And the point goes to Rick because it is two and a half hours. Ah, I was okay. fully ready for that to be like one hour 44. There you go. <laughs> Rick at six, I'm at five. <laughs> and for completionist, Rick says three hours. Alex says four and a half hours. And the point goes to Alex because the game hey. is... Five and a half hours, well, probably okay. too much came for these. Guys, that sounds like, like some replay. There's a specific <laughs> involved in the completion, yeah. He left the game running. Yeah. <laughs> what, what's been 100% there, yeah. Finally, the, for the retirement rate, Alex says 5%. Rick mm. says, the, you take a little, he says 6 0.9%. I was wondering how you answer is 5%. So points to Alex. Nice. Okay. Sorry. My dog right now has just put her paws on my arm. Like, excuse me, sir. Why aren't we outside playing? I'm coming out. Sweet. That means I'm finally in the lead on one of these. God damn. See if I can maintain <laughs> it. Um, that's, so that's been one full round, right? So it's eight, Alex, six, Rick, one, Paola. Yep. Madness. Okay, yeah. I think that's been one full round, yeah, because then next week it's me. Um, so then, Paola, it's a chance for you to either come right back up or Rick to blast forward. Reestablish my dominance, yes. We shall see. We shall see. Let's see. It's still technically anyone's game because all it takes is one real good round to blast forward, so we'll find out. Um, mm -hmm. awesome that's it <laughs> thanks for tuning in everybody we will uh, catch y'all next week we'll see you next time bye bye